Hello and welcome to This Should Really Happen, the true crime podcast where we deep dive into most disturbing, depraved, and downright gruesome true crimes in history. My name is Em. And I'm Autumn. And we are your hosts. We are back for another episode. We are back to party, bitches. Back to the party. (laughs) We are... So, I was, like, thinking, because I put this on, like, the Facebook post last time. I was like, oh my gosh, like... TSRH Tuesdays, because I've been posting, like, the yeah, episodes on that. Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. But today's not Tuesday. It's a Thursday. But that's fine, because it's Thirsty Thursday. It's, yeah. <laughs> Why don't you tell them a little bit about what we have in our cups right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, I made these drinks called King Neptune, right? Um, I got me a little grande cup from Starbies. Another another day, another Starbucks. <laughs> um, cut up some fresh pineapple, put a shooter of uh, pink kinky, put a shot of uh, hypnotic, a shot of honey, Yee-yee. and then a splash of pineapple juice and mix it all together. Yee-yee. And that's our drinks for tonight. So um, TLDR, uh, we're getting drunk. Because <laughs> <laughs> these things are Dangerous because there's so much liquor in these cups, but all I taste is pineapple juice. Mm-hmm. So yep. if this starts to go real downhill, the longer <laughs> <laughs> it's just progressive drunkenness as this episode <laughs> is gonna go on. And also eating these pineapples with the end. Oh my god, they're gonna be just absolutely mm. booze soaked. It's gonna and be ready. ridiculous. They're gonna be delicious. They're gonna be. Because I so. put the pineapple in there. I put the ice in there, and then I put the pineapple in there, and oh, then I started pouring the liquor on. Hell yeah! So we about to have some boozed up pineapples at the end of this. Shit, you might have to go back to your apartment and go get the get, shit and bring it back. I don't have any more kinky. Ah, fuck! We're going to go to the liquor store. <laughs> oh, damn. Well, there's one right around the corner. Yep. Um, but no, we we need some uh, some drank for this one, because this case that I have for you today is, per your choice... I, I gave Autumn a choice. I said, do you want cannibalism or do you want a serial killer? <laughs> Some little ice ASMR. ASMR break. Um, but yeah, I said I, I had two cases that I was thinking of doing for this episode. And I said, do you want a serial killer or do you want a cannibal? And she said, cannibalism. Of course. So y'all can blame Autumn for this one because this was um, her also, choice. Also, um, I feel like we you should maybe show me the pictures while we're telling the stories because I always see the pictures after you post it. Oh, and I'm like, yeah, oh, these sure, are what I'll these people you. look like. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah, speaking I'll show of you. that, I saw the last one that we did, and those motherfuckers are ugly. Yeah, they're all some fucking. Like, uggos. how dare you? And like Jugo was so pretty, mm-hmm. and they were some like ugly motherfuckers. Like, bro, the audacity. I know they were gross. Oh my god, I was just, I wanted to show you this picture the other day. Look, that's Diane in seventh grade. Oh my god. She was a babe. Doesn't she look like Amanda, though? Yeah, she does. I know. I sent that to my sister, and I was like, this looks like you. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I've got the pictures. I've got um, a whole bunch of pictures already queued up for the Instagram post. So yeah, I'll show you you some pics as we're going through this so you can see. You can see what these people look like. I feel like I should just Google this guy's name, and then I'll just, like, let you, like, for a second scroll through. Okay, Scroll through some of the pictures. So, um, we're kind of sticking on trend. We're not in Japan this episode, but, um, <laughs> the person we're talking about is Japanese. So, okay. kind of, kind of going with so the trend. So, where are we? We are in, um, Paris, France for this one. Great. So... I feel like I need to do more American cases because I think 
Have I done an American case yet? Yeah, we did uh, the Chicago Ripper. Oh, Chicago Ripper, Ripper Crew. Duh. That's the only one yeah. I've done. Ow. <laughs> Bonked your funny bone. Nah, R.I.P. So funny. funny bone. Not so funny. Yeah, no, I've only done, out of all the episodes we've done, like, and I've done by myself and we've done together, I've only done one American case. The serial killer I was going to do was an American case. Well, do the serial killer next time. Yeah, I can do that next time. I already have that, like, kind of queued up and, then we'll and ready to go. And we'll roll to another survival case. Oh, yeah, I have I have a survival case that we can do. I have one on my list that I can I can bring up. I feel like that should be yeah, that should be like maybe like a once a month thing. Cause mm-hmm. what if we stay on this schedule, we'll record like four episodes or so a month, right? If we yeah. do it every Thursday, yeah. So bet. All right, cool. We'll we'll hit up this one, then we'll do the serial killer, and then we can start like. September off on a yeah on maybe a we should start story. the month with a survival yeah case. I think that's a good idea I'll have to do some more looking around and like getting more survival cases because I don't have a ton of them because <laughs> <laughs> when I was researching things to cover on this podcast I wasn't thinking survival <laughs> stories or what we could do is um uh can they comment on the things on Spotify um well they can like if Y'all follow the Instagram. Just follow the freaking Instagram. Because I was going to say, we could ask for the opinion and if we should start doing, like, unsolved. Oh, And, like, doing, like, our theories on it and, like, you know, stuff like that. Like, mix one in. Yeah. I think that would be a good idea. I think there's, like, a couple cases that, like, come to mind of, like, really what. There's one that I, like, I have a couple theories on myself that I think, like, you would get a kick out of just, like, listening to it. Because it's kind of, like... It's a really wild story, and then, like, the theories behind, like, who the killer was is mm. there's a whole bunch of them, and it's, like, there's oh, there's one case that I want to cover so bad, but it's been done before by, like, a couple other, like, pretty popular podcasts, and they've done, like, such a good job with it, mm. and I'm, like, well, little old us over here covering, it's the, um, it's the West Memphis, West Memphis 3? Yeah, West Memphis 3. And I want to cover that story so bad. I mean, fuck it. We might as well. Nobody It'll, it, that one, though, would not be a singular episode. That would probably be, like, a three- or four-part series if I did the West Memphis Three. Because there's a lot. And there's that, that case is still, like, ongoing today, kind of. Hmm. So there's a lot to... I think that's the main thing that stopped me from covering that one. Because it's going to be, like, a really like, heavily research-intensive case that I'm probably going to have to cover over, like, multiple different parts. So, that's, I mean, we'll have to see if I decide to do that one or not, but that's, like... Maybe when we run out of shit to do. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know, maybe when I hit when I hit the end of my list, we'll go ahead and I'll start, you know, when I'm running out, when I'm on, like, a, my last few three or four, I'll start researching for West Memphis 3, because that, that's, like... It feels weird to say that's like one of my favorite true crime cases, but I think it's so incredibly interesting and there's just so much in and of that case. Like it's so interesting to like read about, like hear about and um, just like generally delve into because it's a really like there's a lot of shit that goes down in that case. There's like 
you know, I'm not, I don't really want to tell you about it because if I do, if I do cover yeah. it, I, I want like your, like your genuine, honest reaction to things. So I don't think, oh yeah, like there's this and this, and this is what happens. Cause then if I do decide to cover, you're going to be like, yeah, I've heard all this shit before. <laughs> and, you, know, you know, it's probably going to happen tomorrow while we're at lunch. You're probably going to tell me. I know. I mean, this is going to like, I know once I get a couple <laughs> margaritas, we're going to get a, get a picture or whatever the fuck we decide on getting. And we're not like, getting another tower. That was too much for the two of us. I think we could do it. I, mm, I don't I mean, know. I probably shouldn't do it tomorrow because I have a doctor's appointment. That's, but. yeah, that's very true. Probably not. Um, maybe. Dai still wants to come with us one of these days to get towers there. So we'll have to invite Dai out and go to, um, go to um, get some tower margaritas. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, anyways, I think I think that'll cap it for this introduction. So I mentioned a little bit before we are going to Paris, France for this case. Um, this happens in the, again, late 80s. Everything is happening in, like, the 70s, the 80s. It's always those the 70s fuckers, and the 80s. Those fuckers were nuts back then. I know, right? All around the world, some fuck shit was happening in the 70s and the 80s. Uh, like, what the hell was the you, planet on, man? That shit was just going down in the 70s and 80s. people who's into, like, the fucking horoscope, moon, oh, sun yeah. bullshit. Let us know what the hell was going on in Tell the 80s. Tell us what the fuck was going on with the planets. Like, what was going on? Was something messed up with the with things not aligned? What's going on? Let us know. We gotta know. Because there was definitely some fuck shit going down in the 70s and the 80s all over the world. It was not just in the U.S. No. Was, it it, was, was the globe spinning too fast or something? Know, like, right? <laughs> the, earth, the earth was rotating a little too fast. So it was scrambling Texas. people's brains or like Something what? wasn't retrograde <laughs> for like a whole decade. <laughs> two decades. <laughs> two, right, yeah, two whole decades. Oh Mercury my God. Just like, Speaking of decades and like centuries and stuff, when I was at work the other day, this guy told me that I was probably younger than him and he said like, you're probably like centuries, and in my brain, I wanted to be centuries? like, I'm like, do you know what a century? century is? <laughs> like, do you know what a century is? Do you know how many years that is? Because you said centuries. How old was this person? I don't know, probably like a 70s or 80s. Oh my god, yeah, he was probably trying to flirt with you. He was like, yeah, oh my god, you're like so young, which is also weird. Black. He's like, well, you're so much younger than me. Um, <laughs> red flag, gross. Yeah, here, get out of my face. That's like a screaming red flag. Literal screaming red flag. Oh my god, yeah, no. Be like, sir, you are a good, like, 15 years older than me. Like, don't fucking 15, talk to me. 15. 50. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shit, nah, uh-uh. No way, no way, sir. Get that creepy shit away from me. Fuck all. Don't that. tell me how young I look in an effort to hit on me. <laughs> oh. Or don't tell me how young I sound in an effort no. to hit on me. Oh my god, That's this one weird. time I heard this guy was like, at the end of the call, this is when we first started working at home, we were still connected to like our cell phones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I just had it, because I was by myself, so I just had it like on speakerphone on the table. Yeah. And at the end of the call, this guy goes, you have a beautiful voice. I literally sat there, I go, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. That reminds me of like a phone call that I once had where I was like walking this guy through like some documents that I needed to get from him. And he's like, he's like, oh, like, you have a really nice voice. Like you sound like, like you sound beautiful. Like I bet you are beautiful. And he was saying all this stuff and I'm looking at this man's date of birth and he was born in like 1982 or something. Yeah. This was probably when I was like 21 or 22 and, and you're like, like eh. he is literally, yeah, he's like, oh, he's like, you should friend me on Facebook. He's like, I'm a really good looking guy, I swear. 
And I'm like, um, I just, I don't know what to say. <laughs> you're literally, you're just like, <laughs> fake yeah, laugh. I'm like, oh, yeah, haha. I'm like, no, I, I can't do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> and he was like, oh, come on. I was just like, please let me get off the phone. It was the last, my last phone call of my shift. So I was just trying to get him off the fucking phone. I'm like, and my, my, my supervisor, she's like, get him off the phone. I'm like, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was like a 30-minute phone call that literally did not need to be 30 minutes. Because, hey, this guy was a fucking idiot. And, B, he just would not shut the fuck up. Yeah, so, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was some fuck shit. Anyways, so, <laughs> for the sake of not making this introduction any goddamn longer than it already is... Um, we are going to start getting into this case. So, like I said at the beginning, um, Autumn chose cannibalism for this one, so... Because why not? Because why not, I know, why not, why not go back to... Titty soup. Titty soup! Oh my god, yeah, dude, why have I covered so many, like, things with can... I covered Armin Meves, who was the guy who had the other guy come over his house and, like, chopped his dick off and they ate it together oh, yeah, that was episode that. two that i covered that on then we did the chicago ripper crew and then and now this one <laughs> <laughs> so yeah why i'm well, i'm sorry we've covered so many that's okay because we oh my god no this is number four because i did luca magnata too and he also ate pieces of his victim's body what is good with people? Dude, people are fucking You can't just, just murder people. Right, why can't you it? Why can't you just murder someone normally? Like, like why do you have to eat them? You, you have to eat them, too? Well, I guess that they're like, you know what? I'm already crossing this line, so I might as well cross a couple more lines while we're at it. <laughs> might as well cross it all the way. Right, I know. <laughs> we're going to go way left. <laughs> yeah, so um, trigger warnings for this episode obviously um, include the graphic description of cannibalism, necrophilia, and, of course, this is this shit really happened we are talking about murder so murder the case that i have for you today is the case of the kobe cannibal and his name is isei sagawa great so a little bit about who the fuck this man is he was born april 26 1949 in kobe japan which is why they call him even though he didn't eat anybody in kobe he was just from kobe so like I feel like it's a little off off track, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> but maybe like I guess like the Paris cannibal doesn't have quite the same ring to it as the Kobe cannibal. No. See, what's what's that literary term when you use words with the same the same like beginning consonant sound? Girl, I don't know. Stop listening know. in English class. Oh, it's alliteration. I remember that in my noggin. Sorry, the alliteration. Kobe cannibal. Like Anyways. I, said, I did not pay attention in that class because <laughs> I did not care about writing no fucking paper. I loved English. That was like one of my favorite subjects. See, I was a science and math person. Yeah, no, see, I'm not. I don't do good. I'm, I am no good at math. I'm great Do at not math. do numbers good. <laughs> do no numbers. No numbers. Brain cannot do numbers. The math ain't math in The math is not math in up in this brain. <laughs> no way, no how. Um, so yeah, he was born April 26, 1949 in Kobe, Japan. Um, he was born to very, very wealthy parents. Like, not just, like, kind of rich, like, they were filthy fucking rich. Um, his father's name is Akira Sagawa. He was a, like, his career was just a businessman, but his most notable job was that he was president of the Corita Water Industries. So, mad money on that. And then um, Issei Sagawa's grandfather was actually an editor for the um, Asahi Shimbun, which is one of the largest newspapers in Japan. 
So he came from an incredibly, incredibly wealthy family. Um, Issei Sagawa, he was born prematurely. And apparently he was so small when he was born that he could literally fit in the palm of his father's hand. Right. So he was born very premature. And that, um, like, small stature basically just followed him into adulthood. Like, he was small his entire life. As an adult, he was only four foot nine inches tall. Or he, I should say, I'm talking about him like he's in third, like he's dead. He's still alive. And he had the audacity yeah. to be a cannibal. He was a teeny tiny, skinny, ugly little motherfucker. He, I keep saying was, he's still alive. He uh. is a tiny, skinny, ugly ass motherfucker. Like, he was not, I said was again. <laughs> he is just like, all around in every, like, essence of the word, just a weird-looking motherfucker. <laughs> like, tiny... It's like you would see him on the street, and even if you didn't know who he was, you'd go, ugh. Like, he'd look... He'd be, he'd so, be looking you got a like picture? that. Yeah, here. Um, here he is. Just scroll through some of these photos, and you can kind of, like, take a look Ew. at this dude. Yeah, he's not... He's a real weird-looking motherfucker. Kind of looks like Gumby. Like, Gumby. Oh, my God. You apologize to Gumby right now. I do love Gumby. But he looks... Oh, he looks like Slenderman in this picture. He looks like... He's too short to be Slenderman. Slenderman is, like, six foot seven. Okay, but his face looks like Slenderman. Slenderman doesn't have a fucking face. That's his whole thing. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, so that um, is Issei Sagawa. Weird-ass looking motherfucker. Um, so he actually describes himself as being, quote, physically weak from the moment he was born. He says his legs were so skinny that they basically looked like pencils. So he is, for his credit, I guess, he's very self-aware. He knows that he's one weird-looking motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Um, so because he was so small and sickly, he spent a lot of time indoors. Like, when he was bored, he had a couple conditions that he had to be in and out of the hospital for, like, he would get all these different injections um, when he was a kid. So he was very sheltered from very early on in his life. And he continued that on into adulthood. So as he spent a lot of time inside, the way he would entertain himself is through like writing and through reading books and like reading like mangas. So he developed a really intense love for literature, both reading and writing. And that is really what steered the course of his life. Um, from the time that he was, you know, graduating high school, that's what he decided he wanted to do in university, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, Issei Sagawa was pretty fucked up from a very early age. So, there's actually an interview that he did with Vice Magazine in 2009, where he talks about how early his just general cannibalistic urges started. So when he was, I didn't get a specific age on this, but he talked about how when he was a small child, his father and his uncle would play a game with him where they pretended to be giants and they would like chase like him and like a couple other neighborhood boys around and like pretend to Mm, eat them. How scary. I know. Like what a weird game to play. (laughs) Like, I don't think I would enjoy that. No, but Issei Sagawa was like, this is my jam. So (laughs) that's like where he says his first kind of like um, interest in cannibalism came because they like, I think I said they would chase them around, pretend to be giants. They were going to eat them. And so that first really, like, sparked his interest in it. And then he really enjoyed um, the story of Hansel and Gretel. Again, another story about... Which, if you like... I feel like people, like, don't 
they're like, oh yeah, Hansel and Gretel, like what a fun little fairy tale. That witch was trying to eat them. If you look at any like old like folk tales, yeah, the actual like grim fairy tales, like Mm -hmm. all the stories that like um like. And the original, like, Grimm fairy tale version of, like, Cinderella. Like, the newest virgin- version of Hansel and Gretel that got released? Yeah, that movie? was, like, a horror movie, yeah. Yes. That's, that's what m- it was like. more original to the source material, yeah. I think in, like, the original, like, Cinderella, um, the ugly stepsisters, like, cut their, like, pieces of their feet off to fit into the shoe. Oh. Um, in, like, Sleeping Beauty, the prince rapes Sleeping Beauty before he, like, awakens her. And she, no, like, he rapes her, she stays asleep, she, he gets her pregnant, and she gives birth to a child while she's still unconscious. Yeah, there was some, like, fuck shit going on in these So, um... And Disney to, took them and just really, like, pg so, them So, like, up. I hate to, like, burst y'all bubble, but, like, after the fact, warning might ruin your childhood. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you didn't already know about these things, sorry. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so he really loved the story of Hansel and Gretel and, again, this game that his father and his uncle would play with him, it was, like, his favorite game in the fucking world, weirdo as he was. So, he talks about the first time that he had, like, actual thoughts about literally, like, eating another person. Um, he says that this was while he was in first grade. What's <laughs> <laughs> like, so me you're, like, seven. Literally. Like, six. Literally. Six or seven. Like, six years old. And so, you're telling me you're, you're envisioning yourself eating yes, people. Yes, yes. According to him, that's exactly what was going on in his brain. So he said that Wild. he, like, caught a glimpse of, like, another male student's, like, his thigh. And he thought to himself that it looked delicious. Ooh. And he basically was just thinking about, like, what it would be like to, like, bite into that classmate's thigh and just, like, eat a chunk of his leg out. Boy, if you don't go get you a fucking giant turkey leg or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I know, right? Like, no, but, like, his his fantasies, like, as I'll come to kind of go over, it wasn't about, like, the meat. It was, like, the actual, like, act of consuming part of a human body that he was really into. <clears throat> well, sir, if you happen to listen to this podcast, you're fucking weird. You're fucking weird. You nasty. Um... So, he, he kind of talked about how, like, yes, this first urge that he had was with a male student, but, you know, he made sure in this interview to say that he's like, I'm not gay. <laughs> um, when they do that, they're gay. It's a little fishy. Yeah, so he... Well, I have to overemphasize. I know, right? Gay. I just have to tell you, I'm not gay. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, really? Bro, are you, now, though? Now are I just you, think, though? Now I just think you're gay. Right? So <laughs> now I'm wondering, like, what are you, what are you defending so hard? <laughs> you must not be very secure in your sexuality if you consistently have to talk about the fact that you're not gay. <laughs> like, bro. Yeah, just give so, it. Um, going into that... We talked about how he was very sheltered growing up. He didn't leave the house a lot, which led to, you know, a lot of sexual, like, repression in him. He didn't have the same experiences that, like, kids his age had, you know, like, going on dates and, like, experimenting. So he was dealing with this sexual repression and also at the same time dealing with these cannibalistic urges that he had. So they pretty much started to meld together. (laughs) Um, And his, like, 
fetish, like, cannibalism turned into, like, a sexual fetish for cannibalism mm-hmm. as he was getting older. Um, he tried to find outlets for these, like, sexual urges he was having, like, to the point where he actually ended up, like, sexually abusing the family dog. Um, so, yeah. Um, oh, no. I know. The Not poor the little dog. dog. Yeah. So, he, he talks about, he's like, I just had these urges. I didn't know what to do. And he's like, oh, there's the fucking dog, I guess. Bro, go get you a fucking, fucking... Your hand. It wasn't the same. He wanted something alive. Ugh. Which is kind of funny and when we go into, like, what he does later. But anyways. Oh, great. So he actually had a fascination with um, Grace Kelly, who was a pretty famous American actress back in, like, the 70s and 80s. Um, which his obsession with her, in turn, became an obsession with, um, in his words, what he calls tall, healthy-looking Western women. Um, so these were his, Bro, like... anybody's taller than you. I know, right? He's four foot fucking nine. <laughs> like, what like, the hell? Bruh, you are a goddamn shrimp. I could fucking... You would consider me tall. Literally crush you under my heel, and I'm five foot three. Facts. Bruh. Yeah. So, tall, healthy-looking Western women were, like, his... His fetish, basically. He was really into these types of women. Um, and they were the specific triggers for his cannibalistic urges. So he would see a woman who fit his preferred profile, and he was like, mm-mm, I want to eat her. Nom. Yeah. <laughs> Nom. <laughs> Instantly. Yummy. It, yummy. <laughs> like, you look like some I want to eat. Doing this in the background. I literally, so like, <laughs> yeah, literally, like, rubbing his hands together, like, Ooh. fucking nasty ass. Oh, there's a picture that I have to find of him where um, he's, like, it's a picture of him on, like, a street corner, and he's, like, peeking around a building, and he literally looks like he could be literally, like, rubbing his hands together and plotting about how he's going to eat somebody on the street. I hope somebody's plotting your murder. I really hope so, honestly. Um, so he describes, like, what he thought to be the reasoning behind his obsession with Western women. He says, quote, I guess my infatuation with such women stemmed from the fact that I was short, ugly and had an inferiority complex and therefore sought people who were the exact opposite of myself. So he was short, weird looking, ugly. So the women he was infatuated were the tall, healthy looking, beautiful women. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned, his cannibalistic urges, they really went hand in hand with his sexual urges. In that interview with Vice, he said that he didn't necessarily fantasize about killing these women. He just wanted to quote, bite into them and gnaw on their flesh. Which, like, I feel like no, you know, no reasonable person is gonna just let you bite into them and gnaw in their flesh if they're alive. <laughs> mm. So, I get that you say you didn't fantasize about killing them, but that also doesn't track with, like, the shit he ends up doing. Like, you're saying you didn't want to kill them, but, like... The math ain't math. The math, yeah. <laughs> Long story short, the math ain't mathin', buddy. It's not mathin'. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just looked at one of the notes I had in here and it made me giggle. Anyways, um, so from that quote where he said he just wanted to bite into them and gnaw on his flesh, he continued to say, quote, it wasn't like I felt like eating someone every time I was hungry. 
But you know how you tend to feel a stronger sexual desire when you've eaten a full meal? Also, no. No. No, I want to go to bed. I want to go to bed. Yeah. Um, But apparently he gets horny when he's eating a good meal. Um, Oh, God. He continues to say, that's when I would start feeling the urge to eat a girl. It's absurd, right? In essence, it's different from the type of hunger that people experience for food. This cannibalistic urge where I'm going, quote, I want to eat human meat, is a sort of sexual appetite. So if I don't make sure that I ejaculate frequently enough, the desire only gets stronger and stronger. So he's like, if I don't jerk off enough, I just, like, really want to eat people. <laughs> like, what the what fuck? The fu- <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> That's the, <laughs> the only reaction in my brain is, what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't jerk off enough, so I want to eat someone. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? Oh, shit. I mean, I, maybe this isn't the appropriate reaction, but, like, what? <laughs> I know. It's just another thing I can't fucking wrap my head around because I'm a goddamn normal person who doesn't think like this. Who doesn't think about, hmm, you look tasty. Literally. Like, no, if I think someone's attractive, my next thought isn't, I wonder what you taste like. That's... <laughs> Autumn goes, mm, maybe in a different way. <laughs> Not in the way that Issei Sagawa was thinking about it. The note that I saw that made me giggle, I put, so in summary, he's just a sick fuck. <laughs> Essentially... He's just a sick fuck. Yeah. Long story short, all you need to know about Issei Seagal is he's a sick fuck. And I feel like we've got to say this at least once per episode. So, like, if you hear me and you're listening to this, get fucked. Get fucked. Get fucked. You suck. You're nasty. N-A-S-T-E. Nasty. Capital A. Nasty. Nasty. <laughs> you're nasty. Um, yeah, so he did have these urges as he was growing up, you know, very open talking about them. He was able to, up to a certain point, read a, lead a relatively normal life. Minus the urge to eat people. Minus the urge to eat people and, um, if he doesn't you know, the enough. bestiality shit he was doing with the family dog. <clears throat> um, he was able to, like, when I say somewhat relatively normal life, he was, he didn't start doing or acting on these urges really until he was in his 20s. Oh, so, great. so I'm glad he held off. For I know, right? You held off for 20 years, you fucking asshole. Um, so he was able to graduate from high school. He attended Waco University, um, and then he later obtained a master's degree in English literature um, from. He didn't do a master's in fucking cooking. <laughs> no, he in was culinary. He was really in. He was really into uh, literature. So he um, got his degree like bachelor's degree in literature from Waco University and then he later obtained his master's degree in English literature from Kwanzai Gakuin University in Japan so you should have just followed that road buddy yeah you were fucked in the head but at least you weren't doing anything yeah right you can use you can use literature as a creative outlet you could just make up stories about other people, pretend they're about other people, and really use about yourself. Yeah. As yeah. long as you're not acting on it, right? Which um he does do later. Uh, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll So he's eating people and making up stories about other people. Uh yeah. What the fuck, bro? <laughs> yeah, no, we'll we'll get into that. I don't want to spoil too much before we like actually because I'm gonna cover all the shit. I need like, me another sippy sip of the Yeah, I know, drink. right? <laughs> Prepare yourself. 
Um, so he... You, you might as well okay, take I know. Too. Yeah, because we're about to get it. We're about to get into the nitty-gritty right now. It's about to It's about to happen. So when Sagawa was 24... <laughs> the, oh, my God. I literally didn't know that. <laughs> you picked it up, spun it around. Okay, so when he was 24 years old, while he was attending Waco University, he... You said how old? 24? 24, yeah. He followed a German woman home with the intention to... Eat her. Eat her, pretty much, yeah. So he broke into her apartment while she was sleeping. He said again that he did not intend to kill her. He just wanted to um, cut a piece of her butt off and take it with him so he could cook it and eat it at home. But he, he didn't want to kill her. He just wanted to cut a piece of her off so he could eat it later. I wish I could see your face right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, so I'm... Um, Thankfully, this woman woke up as he was breaking into her apartment. And Please tell me she, like, stabbed him. Um, no. She just, as he says, like, because he's so small, she was, like, taller than him because that was the type that he went for as well. Um, she basically just, like, pushed him down <laughs> and, like, kept him on the ground while she called the police. <laughs> like a fucking petulant child. Like, you know, like, you can, like, put your hand in, like, someone's forehead and then they're like, <laughs> yeah, and, like try- that's yeah. basically what she did. You can't touch me. You can't touch me. Yeah, so she kept him basically held down, called the police. The police came and he was arrested and charged with attempted rape. Because he didn't tell, obviously, he wasn't telling anybody the real reason he broke right. into this woman's apartment. He's not going to tell people, oh, yeah, I just wanted to cut a piece of her ass off so I could I take, just a, wanted to take a nibble of her butt cheek. Yeah, so he's charged with attempted rape. Um, however, the charges were dropped when his rich ass father paid a hefty settlement to this woman to drop the charges. Oh. So daddy comes to the rescue for his sick fucking child and I pays I also don't know off. how people are okay with themselves with being paid off. Especially with stuff like that, because now he could do it to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some people, the money is enough. She was probably thinking, you know... You what know, I would do is take the money and then still go with the still, Right, still do it anyways. I'm like, get fucked. <laughs> no, they probably... The way these things work is they have her sign, like, a like That's a legally same. binding document saying that if she takes this money, she can't... But hush money is illegal, correct? So, therefore, that contract can be Possibly, broken. it might be illegal, and this is in... Um, Japan, still, mind you. Mm. So it might be illegal in the United States, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's illegal in other countries. Mm. So, and it was probably not, it wouldn't have been considered hush money. It would have been a settlement. So they settled with her outside of court. So she signs the binding document, which means she cannot pursue criminal charges. I'm not signing shit, but you can give me that money. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing is, you're not going to get that money unless you sign something. Be like, let me see the money first. Let me (laughs) take it and run. (laughs) (laughs) Like they're bringing it in like a fucking like like, briefcase. Snatch it. (laughs) Psych. (laughs) Take it and run. Run. (laughs) Like dip. (laughs) I'll see you in court, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the only occurrence that happened on for quite a while with him in 1977 he was 29 years old at this point he moved from um japan to france the reason he moved to france was he was pursuing his phd in literature and he was studying at the sorbonne which is a public university based in paris um his cannibalistic desires did not go anywhere he was at this point like doing what he could to like try to suppress them but also at a certain point it was getting to where he like he could not suppress them any longer 
So um, he said what he would do um, when it got to the point where he just could not ignore these urges anymore. Um, he would follow sex workers back to their homes. And he would basically, he said, like, he had this ritual where he would follow them home. He would watch them, like, clean themselves on the bidet. And then he, he would always have a gun with him. And then it, what his plan was was to shoot them so he could then consume so now the plan is murder yeah and like it's such bullshit that he's always like i never wanted to kill them i didn't want to kill them but yet your entire mo this entire time is always kill then eat Mm -hmm. and so he he did this often he did this many times but he talks about like every time he's like oh but i couldn't bring myself to pull the trigger i couldn't do it i couldn't do it um so because he was never able to bring himself to pull the trigger. So, like, if you didn't want to kill people, why wouldn't you just break into, like, a morgue? Because he wants, like, he talks about it. Like, his fucking explanations for these things do not make sense. Because what he talks about all the time, he's like, I wanted living flesh. I wanted to eat from a live person. But... Your intention is always kill them, then eat them. The only time he tried to do the just the eating thing was with the German woman when he was 24. And maybe because that didn't work out, he, he's like, mm, I, he's like I guess I have to kill them. But he wanted like basically he wanted the meat to like still be warm when he was eating. And if it he was going after cadavers in the morgue, it mm-hmm. What Sorry, it's gonna be a little icy. Yeah, they're gonna be a little cold. You're gonna have to chilly. You're gonna have to put it in the microwave. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Might be a little uh, chemically from all the embalming fluid they're probably pumped up with. <laughs> yeah. So, um, because he was never able to carry out his fantasy, basically, of killing these sex workers, his obsession became less about just wanting to eat their flesh and more so about this overwhelming urge he had to complete what he started calling a ritual of killing and eating a girl, like, no matter what. He had to do it. It was getting to the point where it was an obsession for him. He could think about nothing else other than killing and eating a woman. Um, it was here at the university in Paris, at the Sorbonne, where he met Renee Hartfelt, who would end up being the one and only woman that... Sagawa would actually fulfill well, and act out this ritual. Well, let's put a wrench in your PhD, didn't it? I know, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so I couldn't find a ton of information on Renee Hartfeld, unfortunately. It always seems like one of like the kickers of these cases is there's so much information on like the killer and none on the victim, which mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, peeps. We gotta, we gotta do a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I could find about her, she was 26 years old. Um, she was Dutch- and she was studying French literature at the Sorbonne in Paris. Um, Renee and Issei Sagawa met in a class that they shared together. And uh, Issei Sagawa had this, like, tendency to try to, like, befriend women. He would, like, invite them over to his house for, like, dinner, like, to try to be friendly. Mm, but This I'll, is what I'm going to cook you in yeah, later. Yeah, right? right? And a lot of people just kind of got, like, the ick from him. Mm-hmm. So they didn't treat him very well. Um, he would give me the ick. I wouldn't even go over. I know, right? Literally. But um, Renee, she was actually, like, one of the few people that was actually, like, friendly and warm towards him. Um, Look at you, bitch. I know. Yeah. And, like, the saddest thing here is, like, they were friends. And he's like, mm, I want to eat yeah. you. Yeah. 
like the first time they kind of like hung out just one on one, he invited her over to have hot pot at his house, which is like a traditional. Oh, you were gonna say hot pocket? <laughs> <laughs> no, hot pot, which is like a traditional oh, like mm, how enticing. Yeah, right. <laughs> like it's like this really big like it's kind of like um, a dish you eat with other people. Mm-hmm. So you have like a big pot of like boiling like broth typically in the middle mm-hmm. of the table, like and the then you pot. have it's, yeah, kind of um, yeah. And then you just take like your meat and your vegetables and you just dip them into the hot pot and you eat mm-hmm. them. So it's mm-hmm. a meal you typically will share with like family or friends mm-hmm. or other people. It's literally the melting pot. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> And that's probably where they got the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so from he had, Issei Sagawa. Not from Issei Sagawa. It's just like a general, it's like very big <laughs> no, in like Asian culture. Could you imagine? They're like, mm, yeah, we know about this guy. Like, <laughs> we're going to make it a restaurant. We're going to make a whole restaurant based off him. Chain restaurant. <laughs> right? No. Yeah, so he invites her over for a hot pot and she says yes. Um, and she comes over to his apartment and they have like a nice dinner together. They're they're conversating. They're talking about their shared class and their their shared interest in literature. Like they are developing a friendship. Um so he kind of describes the moment he started seeing Renee less as a friend and more so as a potential victim. As a meal. Yeah. He says, quote, the moment I saw her wash her hands in the bathroom. The image overlapped with the prostitutes washing themselves at the bidet in my mind, and inevitably she became another candidate for my ritual. So, um, again, nothing. He's like, mm, she's clean. I know, right? <laughs> oh, she's washing her hands. I'm imagining that she's like these sex workers that I peeped on while they were washing themselves on the bidet. So. What? Now I don't see her as a person anymore. I see her as somebody I can murder and eat. Murder. Literally. Nasty ass. He's um, like Nami. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nami. Uh, again, nothing happened that first time that he invited her over. He actually invited her over like multiple times after this, and each and every time that she would come over to his apartment, he like when her back was turned, like he was a fucking pussy and never had the balls to like do this to her face. She was always turned away from him. Mm. He would point a gun at her, and try to pull the trigger, but he'd always fucking pussy out because he's a little bitch. And he tried this, like, multiple times. It wasn't, like, once or twice. Like, he tried this multiple times. So, like, I just, like, feel so bad for her because she's coming over and she's thinking, like, she's Oh, my friend. Yeah, literally, that she's hanging out with a friend that she's met, like, a nice dude and they're just, like, hanging out and having dinner together and meanwhile, she's got her back turned and he's got a fucking gun pointed at her. He's like, bitch. Like, who the fuck? Try me if you wanna. Who the fuck? Um, he talks about, like, what the turning point for him was. Um, he was invited out for dinner from, by a colleague of his father's, and they went to, like, a sushi place. And he said all he could think about was how the next day after he was at this dinner that Renee was going to be coming over again. And if he got food poisoning from the raw fish that he was eating with his father's colleague, that he wouldn't be well enough to carry out his plan to kill and eat her. So... This made him feel like he had to do it. He needed to kill her the next day when she was coming over to his apartment. Like, he's like, I can't pussy out this time. I gotta fucking do it. So the next night, again, that he was going to have her over for dinner was the night of June 11th, 1981. So he, again, took his gun out when she had um, her back turned to him. and He did pull the trigger this time, but the gun misfired. Um, and he said, like, this made him even more hysterical. 
And he's like, I have to kill her. I need to do it at this point. Mm -hmm. So two days later after this love, and so June 13th, 1981, um, he has Renee over to his house again. She didn't hear the gun? No, she must not have. Like, it says misfire. Like, maybe it just didn't. But, like, you'd hear the click of the... Apparently she didn't hear it because she came over again two days later. <laughs> she just thinks they're friends. <laughs> Bro, how we're do not, you not vic- hear We're not victim blaming on this podcast. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> how did you not hear the click? I know. Like, you would think that she would, but unfortunately she didn't. Because I'm assuming if she heard it, she probably would have been like, I'm never coming over this fucking place again. But she didn't. So maybe she was like, hmm, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, sorry. I was oh, yeah. Maybe it. And she was like, oh, okay. Right. Because she probably doesn't want to believe that, like, this friend that she had is planning to do these things to her. Because at this point, like, I'm they've been. Lie, Emily, if you shot a gun at me and I heard the click behind my back, <laughs> I'm not coming over again. And we are not hanging <laughs> I don't care if you're like, oh, I'm playing with it. You can suck my ass. <laughs> we are no longer friends. Oh my God, no. I, you can trust why I would never. <laughs> no. No, because you would probably kick my ass, bro. If you turned around, we might have a fight. Saw, and I'm like, I'm kind of scared of you. I like you beat the shit out of me. So we might have to fight. <laughs> you try to shoot me, and we might have a fight. <laughs> I know for sure. The second you turned around and saw that shit, you'd be swinging on me, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, it. bitch!" I would be getting my ass popped. You um, better hope that next one hits me. <laughs> right. You better hope next time that shit don't misfire. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. So he invites her over to his house again two days later, and he invites her over this time under the guise of her helping him translate some German poetry for class. Because she was fluent in German. He was saying he was stu- he's like oh i want to improve my german too like i know you're fluent i have to do this like poetry translation for class like can you come over and help me and of course right she thinks they're friends so she says yes she's like can absolutely you, can you come over and help me because i want to eat you tonight yeah that was his not thought. in a good way that was his thought right <laughs> not in the fun way so she comes over to his apartment and she you know he like hands her like the poetry book or whatever so she sits down at the desk that he has in his apartment you know to get to work and help translate this poetry so while she's sitting at the desk he creeps up behind her he's got the gun in his hand he says that he took a deep breath and when his lungs were full he pulls the trigger and he shoots renee in the back of the head she dies instantly um after he shoots her he has a split second thought of like oh fuck what What did i do and he thinks to himself, like, should I call an ambulance? But then, like, those cannibalistic urges start coming he's back. Like, mm, right. Wait. And he then thinks to himself, he's like, I have been, at this point, he's 32 years old also, mind you. And he says to himself, he's like, this is something that I have been dreaming about. For Since I was six. Literally. He says for 32 years. So his entire life, basically. Mm. He's like, I can't go back now. Like, I've finally done it. Now we're here. Like, I can't call an ambulance for her. She's dead. I finally did it. It's now time for me to move into the actual fantasy I have of consuming her body. So we talked about and how... Titty soup. And titty soup. <laughs> um, we talked about how, like, his sexual urges and his cannibalistic urges are very deeply intertwined together. So he says, like, right after he killed her and after he had this realization of, like, oh, my fucking God, I actually did it, he, like, immediately started to feel sexual pleasure from realizing that she was dead. Um, And he ended up on having sex with her corpse. Right. And then after he has sex with the corpse, the first thing he tries to do 
is, like, bite into, like, her butt. Because he just wanted to, like, chomp a piece of her off and just eat it. Um, he says, though, like, he talks about, like, how tough, like, human skin is. Mm-hmm. That he couldn't bite through it. Like, he bit hard enough to leave Because it. you're a weak-ass bitch. You are also a weak-ass bitch. Um, so he bit her hard enough to, like, leave an indent of his teeth in her skin, but he couldn't actually break through her skin and, like, bite a piece of her off like he wanted to. So, upon realizing this, he leaves Renee's body just laying on the ground in his apartment, and he goes out and he buys a butcher knife. And also, like, being in an apartment, if there are other people home in the other apartments and you hear a gun go off... Yeah, I don't know what the fuck his neighbors were doing. And maybe potentially a body hit the floor? I don't know what the fuck his neighbors were doing. Because, yeah, he lived he lived in a second-story apartment, too. So you got you Sweet know there's got to be some people around. Something seems a little sketchy. He was probably so weird, though, that they're like, we don't want to fucking talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. So he goes out and he buys himself a butcher knife. He then goes back to the apartment where he begins to basically, like, fillet off pieces of her body. Um, in the, I know it's so nasty and like he he's in this interview and he's just like talking about this shit openly like no shame in the interview he actually says um, he is talking about what it was like to cut into her and he says quote no matter how deep I cut all I saw was the fat beneath the skin it looked like corn and it took a while <laughs> to actually reach the red meat the moment I saw the meat I tore a chunk off with my fingers and threw it into my mouth it was truly a historical moment for me. So he's literally just at this point eating her raw. He's like picking. It's like he's got a fucking prime rib in front of him. He's picking bits off and he's shoving them into his mouth. <laughs> I wish you, I wish that oh. I wish we again. This is another prime example of like I need a camera so I could see your face. Autumn was stunned into silence. Ooh, just fucking... How does that make you feel? Disgusted. Disgusted. Yeah, so he was not wasting any time. The second he got to the muscle, he was like, let's fucking go. And he was plucking the meat off and just shoving it into his mouth. So he says that, again, he, he did kind of have a couple moments of regret of killing Renee, which is like... While you're eating fu- her? Literally, you're eating her. You had sex with her fucking corpse, and now you're feeling a little regretful about murdering her. Like, he talks about um, the only source of, like, regret that he had was, like, again, him and Renee were friends. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, one of the only friends that he had at this university, mm-hmm. and he just fucking murdered her. You just murked the fuck out of her. And now he's eating pieces out of her body, but, you know, like that. The ultimate disrespect. The literal ultimate disrespect. But, you know, that regret didn't fucking last long. He also talks, again, about, like, how his intention wasn't to kill her. He just just wanted to eat her. And he says, like, something in the interview. Bro, the math ain't mathing. It's not making fucking sense. (laughs) I know, the math is not mathing. He says in that interview, he says some shit like, oh, she only just, like, let me, like, have a piece of her when she was alive. Like, what person, again, what person in their right fucking mind? Here, take a bite. It's gonna literally just let you cut a piece off of them. Like, oh yeah, just eat it. Oh my god, did you ever see that movie? Did you ever see that movie on Hulu with um, Sebastian Stan and the one actress, I can't remember her name, was called Fresh? No. Okay, so 
spoiler alerts right now if you don't want to hear the plot of that movie skip forward like a minute um but basically this woman she meets sebastian stan mm-hmm. and she um like goes on a date with him at his house she comes to find out like she wakes up she's drugged one morning he finds out that she's or she finds out that he is a cannibal who kidnaps women and sells their meat on the black market and Wait. she did i see this movie you might have i feel like we watched it together did or i see maybe we did i don't know but there's a scene in the movie where she tries to escape and as revenge, he, like, because he's a surgeon. So as revenge, I did see this he movie. cuts her butt off. Yes, yes. I did see this movie. <laughs> so it's like that the shit that Issei Sagawa is trying to get people to let Yes, I did see this movie. Like, and she can't... ends up escaping with two other girls. Yes, yes. I'm pretty sure we watched it together. I think we watched it together. Where did we watch it? I think we were just at your apartment. Just, like, one day. Like... Oh, yeah, because we were making fun of her because she was just hanging out fucking flipping through a magazine and yeah like, yes that's ex- exactly so yeah and her friend was, ends up being in the yes yeah yeah. yeah 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 her friend goes to try to find her mm-hmm. and gets kidnapped by sebastian stan yeah, too i remember this one yeah too. so literally like that's what isei sagawa was trying to do to people i just want to cut your ass off he's like mm, shh, i'm just gonna take a leg i'm just gonna i'm just gonna take a and his like obsession was like always with like the butt and then he made her eat it yes no it wasn't her he, he took, like, he had, like, other a, girls a woman, yeah, that he had prior. To, like, make her try Yeah, and it was, like, it. the girl that she ended up escaping with at the end of the movie, too, right? Because she was missing a leg, so it was yes. her leg. Yeah. Because her whole thing was, like, I'm going to make you think that I'm, And like, part of that girl that he was talking, that she was talking to through the wall that he ended up killing. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, he uh, made her eat her. Yeah. That movie, that was a great movie. It was fucking weird, but it was a great movie. It was um, kind of low-key corny. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. So um, he says again, he's like, if only she just let me like take a bite out of her when she was alive, then we wouldn't have had to kill her. So along oh, with the raw pieces of her buttocks that he was eating, he also ate pieces of her genitalia, tongue, nose, and ears. This is just like shit he was biting off raw, pretty much. He was just like, taking a piece, Ooh. taking a piece, snacking on it. Um, He keeps her body in his apartment for the next two days. Over these two days, he would just, like, take pieces from her body, and he would either, like, eat them raw, or he would cook them and prepare them for dinner. He also took a couple parts that he, like, kept in his fridge and his freezer to save for later. He mainly took cuts of meat from her calves. Um, he took, like, he ate her lips, her thighs, and her breasts. He made titty soup. Titty soup. Titty soup comes back again. So uh, why are so many people obsessed with titties? I don't know. It, like it's fatty. There's no meat. This in is a not. Breast. This it's is not a muscle. Fat. This is literally not. That a muscle. can't be good. No. The muscle is on your chest wall. That's your behind pectoral. the breast. Pectoral. <laughs> literally, like I don't think it would be very good at all to eat a boob. It's literally all fat. Like I cut the fat off my steak. It's me too. <laughs> like I don't know. Maybe if you like. This is so weird. Like, I'm, like, feeling so weird talking about it. Maybe if you, like, prepare it a certain way, like, maybe... Bitch, no. There's no preparing it a certain way. <laughs> no! I don't know. I just, like, it's because I just don't, like, obviously... I'm Y'all, Emily's... Cannibal. I don't mm, understand the appeal. I don't know. She might <laughs> love me being cannibal after that comment. <laughs> you better watch out. I'm about to make titty soup on you. Like I said, if I turn around <laughs> and you miss with that gun... <laughs> We are brawling. Oh, God. Like, bitch, you're supposed to be my best friend. You just try to shoot me? Like, sorry. 
<laughs> I want to try titty soup. <laughs> Go find somebody else's titty, not mine. <laughs> and don't tell me. <laughs> and don't tell me. What the fuck? What if I need you to help me dispose of the body? That's fine, but like, don't tell me that you're eating titty okay, soup. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, so he also like took photographs of her body, like at every stage as he was like cutting it pieces off and eating it but he still said that he didn't want to murder them but you are now obsessed Dude, with how they look as she's a dead fucking psycho of course there's no rhyme or reason to what he's doing you're trying to put logic to an illogical person yeah. <laughs> so there was clear and well documentation of everything that he was doing to her body because he was taking photos of it as he was doing it after two days, though, he came to the decision that it was time to dispose of her body. He had taken all the cuts that he wanted from it, and he basically, he had nothing left to do with the rest of the parts. Like, he took, like, her thigh. There's photos of her body, and you can see the exact parts that he, I'll find them. I don't have them safe, but I will find them later, and I will show you. Um, and you can see, like, he took, like, her breasts off, her, like, She's missing, like, her whole thigh on one leg. There's part of, like, her upper arm that's gone. Her lips are gone. Her nose is gone. Your nose? There's yeah. meat in here? I, I don't told you it was like, cartilage. He just, like, bit her nose off. I thought this was all cartilage. I don't... We're talking about... He, cartilage he, can't be good. I don't know. He, he just had the urge to try Although people do things. eat, like, bone marrow. Yeah, that's true. And he just had the urge to try these things. He was, like, in the mindset, like, this is something I've wanted to do for, like, decades now. So I'm just going to take a bite of everything. Pretty much. He was just, he was basically experimenting to see what parts tasted best. So that's what he was doing. And that's why he took so many different parts of her. Because he literally just wanted to find out what tasted Apparently the the ass tasted the best because he was just munching on her. Um, He actually says thigh (laughs) is the best. So after these two days, he is like, I got to get rid of this body now. So what he decides to do, um, he had two, like, large suitcases in his apartment. So he dismembers her body, and he stuffs her inside of these suitcases. So at this point, like, he, basically, like, her whole, like, pelvic region is gone. Is one of your nails broken? Two of them are broken. Oh. Um, so he had eaten most of her pelvic region. So he, um, he takes her head off. He takes her legs off, he takes her arms off, and then he disperses the head, arms, legs, and torso between these two suitcases that he has. Great. So, uh, I mentioned that he lived in a second-story apartment, and again, he's very small. He's not a very strong man. So, he's he's like, (laughs) well, yeah, he's looking at these two very heavy suitcases. He's like, how the fuck am I going to get these out of my apartment? So, what he decides to do is he calls a taxi. And he requests that the driver of the taxi come up to his apartment and help him carry these suitcases down and put them into the taxi. So the taxi driver's like, yeah, sure. Like, he probably does that often. You know, people yeah. have heavy luggage and right. something that, like, Especially taxi drivers will do like- occasionally. Right, yeah. He sees that this is a small man. Oh, he just needs some help, like, bringing his, his suitcases down into the taxi. Um, and a fucked up thing is that this taxi driver, like, picked up the suitcases, realized how heavy they were, and he asked Issei Sagawa if there was a body inside them. And he's like, haha, no. Yeah, no, he's like, haha, no. And he says that they're books. So this poor taxi driver probably doesn't want but to like, think too hard no about scent. it. scent? I don't know, man. You don't smell blood? Maybe he was just trying to be willfully ignorant. Maybe, yeah. So, like, 
he doesn't question after. He's like, oh, yeah, they're books. And he he's takes like, okay, these. you fucking psycho. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to think about any harder about what's in these fucking suitcases. Mm-hmm. So he helps um, Sigawa take the suitcases down to the taxi, puts them in the trunk. Sigawa hops into the taxi, and he has the taxi driver take him to a park called uh, Bois du Boulogne Park, which is like a public park. But the thing about it is it has... Like, you can walk into some trails, and there's a big secluded lake mm-hmm. in, in the rear of this park. So his thought is, I'm going to basically sink these suitcases in this lake. So taxi driver... And the taxi driver, driver wasn't like... <laughs> yeah, like, why are you taking suitcases full of books to a fucking lake? I don't know. Taxi driver probably, again, just did not want to think too hard about it. He's but like, like why none of my business, you? none of my business, none of my business. <laughs> mind your business on 10,000. mind your business game was on 10,000. He's like, oh my god, I don't want to be an accessory murderer. I mean, taxi driver does come back and, like, make some moves. So, you know, we're not going to shit on the taxi driver too hard. So he drops Sagawa off at this, this park. And it's, like, the middle of the day, too, mind you, oh. when he's doing this. So he had the taxi driver to help him get the suitcases down from his apartment to the taxi. But now he's like walking through the park and he's got these two big ass suitcases. He's clearly struggling with them. Mm -hmm. And people are noticing that he's struggling with them. He's pretty much making a spectacle. of. He's not being low key at all. He said, don't be suspicious. He's don't being, be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. He's not being inconspicuous on he's being hella suspicious <laughs> so people are like watching him and they're kind of like yo like what the fuck is going on with that dude like they're obviously thinking it's weird mm-hmm. but nobody's first thought is wow he's probably got a body in those suitcases and he's going to dispose of it except for us except if for we were us, there we would have been like there's a body in there a body in that suitcase somebody's got to go stop it somebody get him somebody get him <laughs> somebody go get him so as he's making his way down like this trail that he needs to go to get to this lake um a young French couple, like, kind of walks by him, and they they stop him, and they're like, like, hey, like, what do you, like, do you need help? And he instantly panics. He drops the suitcases. He's like, these are mine. And he just fucking runs away. And this, <laughs> literally, he drops them and runs like, away. Like, that's not suspicious. Saying, that's, these are mine. That's not suspicious. I know. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? So he is scuttling off. You know, like a little fucking roach that he is. And this French couple is like, well, that's fucking weird. And now they just got these two suitcases laying in front of them. They're like, we're not touching those shits. So they call the police. The police come. They open up the suitcases. And, of course, they're pretty horrified to find Renee Hartfeld's remains inside of this suitcase. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they immediately begin searching for the perpetrator. And, again, there was a lot of witnesses to this. And all the witnesses described a small Asian man who had these they had seen getting out of a taxi with these two suitcases. So, because they have the lead of the taxi... They because he was not inconspicuous. He was not. Not at all. Like, what... Bro, if, if you're gonna be a terrible person, at least be sneaky about it. I know, right? Like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> I mean, thankfully, he was conspicuous as fuck. So... Police immediately end up start going around and just, like, calling and questioning all the taxis in that area. Mm-hmm. And eventually, they get in contact with a taxi driver who remembers picking up a small Asian man with, with two, two suitcases, suitcases. He was in like, his oh, taxi <laughs> a few days prior. Mm-hmm. So he gives police um, Issei Sagawa's address. 
and they end up going to Sagawa's home four days after the initial discovery of the suitcases with Renee's remains inside of them. So, moral of the story, he only got to eat one person. Yeah, he only got to eat one person. Um, so, again, they go to question him four days later, and the second he's asked about it, he just he admits out. it. He says, quote, I killed her to eat her flesh. So, he is... Of course, immediately arrested. <laughs> They're like, all right, you're crazy. I know, Come on. you're insane. So, yeah, they arrest him on, and immediately, Rich Daddy back in Japan is hiring a lawyer to help defend his son in court. So, he's like, no, my son, even though he admitted it, no. Yeah, like, no. what the fuck? Like, I. I get wanting to protect your children, but not to this extent. No, I'd be like, you're on your own, buddy. Like, he didn't even... And it's not like he tried to deny that he did it. He straight up admitted that he did it. He's like, yeah, I killed her. And you're still going to hire a lawyer to try to get him off for this? Like, if my Like, you're just as trash. Literally, you're just as trash as your fucking child. Like, you know, God forbid... If ever in my life I have children and one of my kids... Is a piece of shit. ...does some fucked up shit like this, I don't care that you're my child. You are going to fucking pay for what you did. You are exiled. I'm like, good riddance. Goodbye. You're not my fucking You want me to come? Don't call me. Don't call me. Don't associate with me. I'm disowning you. Mm -hmm. You're going to sit there and you're going to take the fucking punishment you deserve for the bullshit that you did. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But his daddy was like, no, no, no. This is my son. Like, um... I don't think that Issei Sagawa had any siblings. And in, like, Japanese culture, like, the firstborn son is the one who, like, carries on the family legacy. Yeah. So his father was probably thinking, like, this is my only child. This is my son. Like, I have to protect him to a point like, that it's fucking toxic. Like, he was about to get his PhD. He would, yeah. So it's like he wasn't a stupid person. No, he was very, he is very intelligent. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the kicker with this. Like, if he was just a normal fucking person, he could have been, like, so successful and, like, yeah. actually, like, a benefit to society. But instead, he did this fuck shit. Like, he probably would have been, like, a great writer or something. Yeah, I mean, he he is a writer. Um, a great one? So, yeah. Um. So, again, he's arrested, and he's actually held in prison for two years before he's even able to stand trial. Oh, wow. So, the entire time that he is um, in prison... He is being um, evaluated by psychiatrists because they want to determine if he is mentally fit to stand trial. Of course they are. So two years after he was arrested, he ended up being found legally insane Uh. and unfit to stand trial by a French judge. This judge ordered him to be held indefinitely in a maximum security um, French psychiatric institution. Bro, this... So, he was held in this institution, I believe, for a total of four years. While he was in this institution, he actually got interviewed by a Japanese author who helped him publish a book that was titled In the Fog. And this book, it was supposed to be fictional, but it detailed the gruesome details of a man murdering, raping, and cannibalizing a woman. And people are like, this is just the story of what you did to Renee Harvell. Like, it's not a fucking secret. Like, duh. He literally admitted to it. The release and the publishing of this book, it actually turned Issei Sagawa into, like, an overnight cult celebrity. People (laughs) were fascinated by him. Fascinated by what he'd done. And 
Also, in 1985, some of the crime scene photos were leaked, and they ended up being published by a popular French magazine. And, like, the publication of these pictures, like, obviously they deeply disturbed a lot of the French public. They also horrified Renee Hartfeld's family. Like, I couldn't even imagine just seeing your loved one in photos, like, because they're, I'll show them to you after. Like, they're, it's gnarly. And, um... There was so much outrage caused by the circulation of these photos that one of the reporters in the magazine, they were actually arrested. And over 200,000 copies of this magazine had ended up being seized by French law enforcement. But then there were like the people who are already fans of In the Fog. They saw these photos and it just made them even more obsessed with Issei Sagawa. So he was getting huge, huge publicity and fame both in Japan and in France. So, um, after four years of him being held in this, uh, French maximum security psychiatric institution, the French government is like, we need to get this dude the fuck out of our country. (laughs) And the entire time, his lawyer, too, was lobbying the French government to get Sagawa deported back to Japan. So, finally, the French government is like, yeah, you can take him. Like, a lot of people believe that it was this fame that was part of the decision to want to get him out. Because they're like, we don't want this fucking dude in our country anymore. No. Y'all can take him and do whatever the fuck you want with him. So he does end up getting um, deported back to Japan. And he's immediately taken and transferred to another psychiatric institution um, at Tokyo's Matsuzawa Hospital, where he's again going to be evaluated to see whether or not he is fit to stand trial. So he is being deported back to Japan, but it's under the assumption that he's going to be again put on trial for what he did. However, because he was found fit to not stand trial in France, all of the charges had been dropped and all of the court documents were sealed. And France did not give any of these documents to Japan so they could then put him on trial. Oh, my God. So because they had no case against him, they could not bring any charges. He didn't commit the crime in Japan, so they could not prosecute him for it. And without the documentation from the French, they could not legally detain him. So, so he was just out roaming around. Yep. On August 12th, 1986, he checked himself out of that hospital and he has been free ever since. Probably eating people on the low. Um, no, but he wants to. Oh, he's admitted that. Yeah. Yeah, he's freely admitted that he still has urges to eat people. Um, <laughs> so... After he just fucking checks himself out of this hospital, he's free and clear. He wasted no time in capitalizing on this fame and this notoriety that he So he's a rich cannibal. Yeah, he's made a pretty good living for himself. Off of eating a bitch. Yeah, off of just completely bastardizing this crime that he committed. So he ended up getting a weekly column in a popular Japanese tabloid magazine. So he would just write for this tabloid magazine. I need me a drink for that. Um, in addition to writing in The Fog, he um, also wrote and published several more novels, all kind of under that same guise of, like, a man murdering and cannibalizing a woman. He illustrated a, like, manga series, again, which, like, depicts his murder of Renee Harvell. And he actually was an editor on an anthology series about cannibalism fantasies. So he's not shy at all about what he did, who he is, and what his fucking interests are. So he actually also appeared once as a guest lecturer at a university in Japan. 
You know, of all the people you can invite to speak at your fucking university, you're going to pick the goddamn cannibal. I mean, if it's for, like, a criminology class, maybe? It probably was. I would assume that it was probably, like, psychology or something, like a criminal psychology, criminology, something like that. I mean, that could be... Could be... But still, like, why are you giving this person the opportunity to do that? Like, come Mm. on. I mean, it's kind of, like... There's other ways to learn about that shit. I mean, it's kind of, in a sense, like, interviewing people who are incarcerated. Yeah, I guess, yeah. You could say the same thing about, um... Um, fuck, why can't I remember his name? I want to say, I keep thinking John Wayne Gacy, but it's not John Wayne Gacy. Um, fuck me. The co-ed killer. What's his fucking name? Girl, I don't know. Google that for me, because it's going to piss me off. And I'll keep going while you Google. You said the co-ed The co-ed killer. Fuck, what was his name? That's going to make me so mad that I can't think of it. And you're going to say it, and I'm going to, like, punch myself in the head. Oh, my God. What was it? Ed Kemper, Ed Kemper, Ed Kemper, oh, it was Ed Kemper. Okay. Um, he was actually, um, so Ed Kemper, like, a thing about him is, like, he loves to talk about what he did, and he has actually been used multiple times by, like, the FBI, like, behavioral analysis unit to help them profile serial killers. So he's in prison, like, he's gonna be for the rest of his fucking natural life, but... Yeah, like, the FBI will consult him on cases like that so they can use a serial killer to get into the mind of another serial killer and help profile them. So, yeah, I think Ed Kemper has actually even narrated, like, audiobooks before. So you can probably find an audiobook out there narrated by Ed Kemper. So, yeah. It's not a new thing. It's still fucked up. But, yeah, it's not a new thing. Um, So along with appearing as a guest lecturer at a university in Japan... He also has written restaurant reviews for Japanese magazines. He has also even appeared on cooking shows where he has eaten raw meat, which obviously is an allusion to him eating Renee. Like, that's fucked. They just serve him raw meat. Like, you like this, right? And he just, like, fucking does it. Just for the notoriety. Um, He also appeared in a low-budget porn movie called Unfaithful Wife, Shameful Torture in 1992. And this was, like, an exploitation film. Like, it's very, like, black noir, like, torture porn, basically. And in the film, he's, um, appears to, like, he's in the film and he's pretending to eat a woman's buttocks. Like, you know, as what he did. Um... So we'll go. I know, right? Like the fact that people were just like so okay with like inviting him to be parts of these things. He literally, he was like a fucking celebrity. People are, were and still are absolutely fascinated with him, which is so fucked up. Like I could not even imagine being like Renee's family and knowing that the person who brutally murdered and ate her was just like out living his fucking best life and capitalizing off of the notoriety of having murdered her and eaten her body. That's so fucked up. Oh my god, that stresses me out. I know, literally. Like, I'm so glad that there's like a law in the United States that if you commit like a heinous act like this, that you're not allowed to use it to make money. Like, you can't write books about it. You can't do interviews about it. You can't make any money off of a crime that you committed like this. But, you know, that's not a law in Japan, so he's out there just doing whatever the fuck he wants, openly talking about it. like Dreaming about eating people. Yeah, so. he's doing this interview with Vice, and he's like, oh, yeah, like, he literally explicitly talks about, like, what he did to Renee, and then the continual cannibalistic urges that he still has. So, in the interview, again, with Vice, like, he just openly admits to having these cannibalistic urges still. 
He says, quote, there's no doubt in my mind that I want to eat human flesh again, though. I mean, it's delicious stuff. So he's not even ashamed. He's not embarrassed at all. He's like, yeah, I want to eat another person again. And in this interview, too, he talks about, like, how he was just, like, walking down the street that morning. And he, like, was staring at a woman's ass, basically. And he's like, God, I would love to eat that. <laughs> like, not in the sexy way. In the cannibal way. That's disgusting. I know, literally. He's like, oh, like, her butt looks so good. Like, I would love to just, like, bite into a piece of her butt. And he just, and he just says this shit out loud. No care in the fucking world. It's so funny in, like, this interview, because there's a point where the interviewer was like, I'm just going to, like, blow through these questions because I want to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he's, like, he's literally, like, the interview was in Issei Sagawa's home, like, sitting with him and interviewing him. And he's like, I need to get the fuck out of here. And Issei Sagawa's like, yeah, I like to eat people and I want to do it again. And this poor interviewer's probably like, I'm traumatized. And I'm leaving. And I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> So, in, like, the ending of the interview, the interviewer asked Sagawa if he had any words to say to any women around the world who might be reading this article that he's being interviewed for. And what Sagawa had to say was, quote, I would like to invite any woman who wants to kill me to step forward. Beautiful women only. That would be the ideal way for me to die. So, what that tells <laughs> me... Is a we're going to Japan. <laughs> and we're going. going with this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. He, he wants to be he wants to be murdered by some beautiful women. Shit. I think we fit the bill. Let's go fucking murder him. He also like I didn't put this in here because I'm like, is this too much? Um but he says like one of the way that he like wants to die is like drown in like a woman's saliva. Like just fucking drool on him till he dies and drowns. But that's he's like that's my ideal way to go. I would cut your dick off and shove it down your throat, and make you choke on it. I would cut your butt cheek off, make you eat it. <laughs> He'd probably enjoy it. Uh, probably he's a fucking weirdo. Yeah, there was like a part of this interview too where he was talking about like this one like female friend he had where she would like where she would literally like piss in his mouth like just like it's just friends. She just like come over and like pee in his mouth. Yeah. Your fucking face. <laughs> Stop it. No, no, you didn't. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. Oh. And he talked about, like, how it stopped, like, when she had a child, and that there was, like, one instance where she literally, like, pissed in a bottle and, like, gave it to him so he could, like, drink it later. And he's like, I tried to drink her pee, but it tasted like motherhood, and it wasn't good anymore. I'm like, what the fuck, bruh? What the fuck? <laughs> like, in the- Oh, in no. All caps- Bitch, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> like, not just what? what the fuck to him, but what the fuck to her. Literally Because it's not like he was paying her for this shit. She was just coming over and pissing in his fucking mouth. Ew. Like, uh-uh. Nope. Nope. I would be like, you know, sometimes you gotta make your living a certain way. But look at it. It's not like he was even paying her for it. She was like, doing it as a favor to a friend. I'm gonna just come over and pee in your mouth. Ooh. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Got the heebies. All right, we're almost done. We're almost done. So to make a living today, Sagawa, again, he's capitalized on his own infamy. He has also been able to backpack off of another very infamous Japanese killer who I covered on episode five, um, Satomo Miyazaki, the otaku killer, who killed, like, four very young girls. Like, I'm talking, like, his oldest victim, I think, was, like, four. Uh, um, 
So when... Even bigger pieces yeah, of shit? He was... Satoru Miyazaki was fucked, too. Like, he was really bad. And um, so when Miyazaki's crimes came to light, the media immediately flocked to Issei Sagawa because they wanted his thoughts on it. And so he took this, like, media exposure, and he used it to have, like, essays published. Um, he said he publishes now, like, one or two books a year, and that's how he makes his living. In the interview, he talked about, um, at the time, what was his most recently published book, which I'm going to fucking butcher the Japanese pronunciation, so I'm not even going to try. But translated, it is Extremely Intimate Fantasies of Beautiful Girls, is the name of this book. And he states about the book, he says, quote, that it portrays his feelings toward women without necessarily focusing on cannibalism through pictures and words. And he hopes that people who read it will at least stop thinking of him as a monster. Um, to finish this off, we're going to talk about one, you know, final little thing of him kind of getting his just desserts a little bit. Um, in 2013, Sagawa was hospitalized from a, um, a cerebral infarction which I don't really know what an infarction is, but it didn't sound great. Um, probably. I, like, no. Like, probably I don't, something, like, back here. Yeah, something like fucked with his brain. But basically, it permanently damaged his nervous system, so he is no longer able to just, like, take care of himself. So he, like, needs... <laughs> Stop ASMRing in my microphone. <laughs> um, so this left him, again, permanently disabled. He can no longer write. He can no longer publish his books, and he needs daily assistance which he gets from, oh, no, see, he does have a younger brother. So I don't even know why the fuck it, well, firstborn son. Yeah, firstborn first son. Mm -hmm. So he, yeah, he now lives, he needs round-the-clock care from um, either his younger brother or caregivers that have been hired for him by his family. So at least this motherfucker can no longer write about the shit that he did and make money off it. And that right there, my friend, is the case of Issei Sagawa, the Kobe cannibal. <laughs> she takes a very large sip of the drink. How you feeling? How you feel after that one? Wow, that was. You said you wanted cannibalism. I gave yeah, you cannibalism. I mean, it was it was interesting for sure. But like, it really baffles me that people really like are like look at an individual and they're like, hmm, "You look like dinner." Yeah, like I want to eat you. I'm like, mmm. Mm. Let me find the crime scene photos. Here, talk to the people while I'm Googling this shit. Tell me thoughts. Hey, people. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, just that. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, I really am into the serial killer stuff and, like, all the gruesome stuff and cannibalism and yada, yada, yada. But, like, sometimes I'm... Re it really... This is why I got into psychology because my brain really just... I want to know, like, what goes on in your brain and, like, what makes you look at a person and think that they are delicious to eat like is it their scent are they do they look meaty <laughs> meaty here i found the photos i zoomed in you're just gonna have to scroll but for him he talked about like it was literally just uh, like is that a blood sheet yeah that was like in his apartment that was like his kitchen he would like prepare it at and then i think the next one is, like, the slices in his fridge, that's, like, her meat basically laid out on, like, paper plates on his kitchen There's table. Fat. Yeah, that's like, that's her, her that's her skin over it, yeah. So that was, like, and I think the next one, that's the suitcase she was found, and now you're getting into oh, the pictures but of, Yeah, now you're going to get into the pictures of her body, Ooh. which are gnarly. 
And these are the photos that were like leaked in that French magazine. Oh my god, this poor wow. She yeah, really, I told you he, he ate really, your entire like pelvic region. He really it's gone. It's yeah. Like and then yeah. Yeah. Wow. You can see like like the half of the leg, he like took the whole thigh, right? Because the only part of her leg that's left is like from the knee down. Yeah. And like part of her arm is He's gone. And I feel like there's a picture at the bottom that's just of her face, and you can see like her nose is gone, and her lips are gone. <gasps> yeah. So he really, really went to town in there. on yeah. So and those were the pictures that were leaked in that magazine. Could you imagine being, being her, her family, family and seeing that? It's absolutely mm. it's like it's fucking good that they arrested the people. I <laughs> know. <laughs> Grab some of the pineapple, booze yourself up a little bit. I gotta catch up. I was so busy talking, I didn't have time to drink. <laughs> the sounds of the sipping in the background. But I got a little bit of the liquor. Yeah. <laughs> a little liquor. That's liquor. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I think we're gonna leave it off on that note. I think I'm tired of talking about this. <laughs> um, so, uh, again, if you made it this far, bless your heart. Godspeed. Thanks for taking a ride with us. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we at, we are at oh my god, I really can't. At do this words. point, at this point, I'm not asking. Follow us on follow Instagram. Follow the Instagram. It's TSRH Podcast. Come on, man. I've got like over 400 listeners on Spotify stats, and there's only like 77 of you who follow the Instagram. Do me a solid and do us a solid and follow the fucking Instagram. Just follow the fucking Instagram. Like we post It's not I, that hard. I post case photos. You can see what this motherfucker looks like. I'm not gonna post the crime scene photos. You can that's you can Google that. Probably get own. me banned on Instagram. That'll, you can you Google can that, that shit yourself. But I post photos. I put, like, interesting little tidbits about the case on there. Um, if you want to send in any case suggestions, we're at TSRH Pod... I'm drunk. Are you, though? <laughs> no. Because you only have, like, three sips here. I have been talking for so long that my tongue is, like, tongue-tied in my mouth. Again, let's try that again. The email address is tsrhpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. We also have a Facebook page, TSRH Podcast on facebook um please rate us five stars on spotify leave us a review put a comment in on the instagram tell us how you're feeling tell us if you like the episode or not tell us if you hate us if we talk too fucking much we can take criticism Okay. but if you think we talk too much this is not the fucking podcast for you and you can suck my hand (laughs) (laughs) but anyways thank you so much for listening i appreciate each and every single one of you being here autumn do you have any other words for the people Thanks for listening to the party. All right. We will catch y'all on the next one. Uh, Bye. Bye.